knock. Hi. Welcome, everybody, to Knock Knock. Hi. With the Glockham Fleckens. I am Dr. Glockham Flecken, also known as Will Flannery, and as, as, as my like government name. Uh, and we have here Kristen Flannery. That's me, also known as Lady Glockham Flecken, not my government name. No, we are the Glockham Fleckens, and this is our first episode. Very first one. Th- this Brand is new it. podcast. We've been wanting to do this for so long. We've yeah, talked so about excited. a podcast. We and, have. And I, I I mean, people tell me I have, I have like kind of a- Radio voice. Or oh, maybe not a radio voice. Radio face. But I, I'm, actually, you know, some of my videos, people say it's, it'd be a good voice to fall asleep to. So mm-hmm. I hope I that doesn't backfire that. on us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because- If you're driving, you might want to pull over just in case. Yes. It, well, that's so you could probably keep going just you know turn the turn the, <laughs> the ac, AC. Up. yeah is that, that's a, is that your yourself. go-to move that's my move is it no i yeah, use gum really yeah chew some oh, gum, you chew gum yeah. to keep yourself mm-hmm, awake mm-hmm. okay uh you, you know going through medical education and training you have to figure out ways to keep yourself awake sure. and uh and so that's uh, legal that's one ones please we, yep. we don't oh absolutely legal. absolutely so what are we doing this for yeah what are we doing this for why do you want to do this well um you know, I, I my my big thing is is I, I love introducing humor into healthcare. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, those of you who've seen my videos, uh, I I like to dress up as different characters in medicine and record myself alone in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird. I'm not gonna it's lie. A little strange uh, for a hobby, but mm-hmm. uh, and then I post these videos to TikTok, which is an app mm-hmm. dominated by. 18 year olds yeah and Mm -hmm. so except i'm a 37 year old it when you put it like that you sound like you could be a criminal uh well it's it's uh, we haven't uh, ruled it out i haven't i have not broken any laws yet (laughs) that i'm aware of okay Um, good please don't and so i i have turned myself into this uh, comedian slash ophthalmologist which is a a combination that doesn't make any sense no Um, but it is what it is but that checks out for you and and but I'm also you know want to do more than just you know one to two minute clips and so the podcast was born as a way to uh, try to introduce a little bit of levity a little bit of of um, uh, personality to medicine mm. uh, and as a way to really show people that that doctors can be like normal people are humans have yeah normal conversations and tell jokes and have fun and and that's what we're going to be doing on this podcast yeah and it's like i always told you in medical school that before you are a doctor or a medical professional you are just you're a human and we need to honor our our humanity before anything else yeah and so and so we'll be talking with each other sharing laughs, talking about our lives a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and also having lots of guests on from the medical community. Uh, some of them are doctors. Some of them are people that played doctors on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're going to be doing is is telling stories uh, of uh, about people's experience in healthcare. You know, these, these stories are at times embarrassing, sometimes harrowing, sometimes Disgusting. There's there's a lot a of little bit of disgusting from someone who's not medicine. in medicine. You know, Kristen is not. I'm not medical. Medical whatsoever in any way by choice. What are you? What do you do? Uh, a lot do you of want things. To tell what you I've do? had a, I've had a very windy path. Mostly, I'm I am in marketing and communications now, so, but so by not, way of some other things. Not in medicine. Not in medicine. Not in any way. I'm mostly into like. Um, well, still people, though, just not their bodies, yeah. more more their minds. <laughs> but what we'll be doing is is really kind of sh- telling the stories that people don't hear a lot about, a, a certain side of healthcare and medicine um, that uh, is a little off the beaten path a little bit. So um, we're excited. It's We don't know where this is going to take us. Uh, or, uh, you know, who knows what it will look like, you know, months from now. Uh, but we're just going to kind of, you know, go with it. And we're excited for you to be here with us, listening to us on our first episode. Yes. All right? So uh, we appreciate that you're all here. Our, you know, should we get to today's guest? Sure. Let's do it. Uh, so today we're very excited. We're starting off with a bang here, mm-hmm. you guys. Dr. Muneeb uh, Shah. Shah. The Derm Doctor. That's what a lot of people know him as, the Derm Doctor on TikTok. Uh, This guy's, he's everywhere. He's uh, he's got uh, millions, uh, I think 15, 16 million 
uh, followers well, on he TikTok. Maybe more. And uh, he's a, a practicing dermatologist in North Carolina. And he is just is, has done a fantastic job over the last few years uh, educating the public about skin. Right. He really uses social media as um, a tool for medicine to, you know, educate patients outside of just the traditional clinic settings. And not surprisingly, he has garnered an enormous following because people are thirsting for skincare tips oh, yes. and knowledge. And uh, and so we're going to talk to him about all that. We're going to hear some of his stories uh, and have some fun doing this. So, why, do you, why do you think, Will, that all dermatologists seem to be just beautiful people? What is what are they drinking? I, I, they just I, I think they really just know how to like what to put on their skin. They just know their stuff. People like me, like I, my skincare routine is um, non-existent. Yeah. Yeah, we share a bathroom. I, I, I know. I don't have one. Right. Uh, and so uh, all dermatologists have one. And, yeah. and um, I think that's the difference. Yeah, sure. Take care of your skin, everybody. Listen to what the Derm Doctor has to say. Go check out his, his social media channels because uh, 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 maybe you too can have amazing skin. Um, all right. Well, should we get going? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go with the Derm Doctor. All right. We have... Shaw, the Derm Doctor here. Thank you so much for joining us. We're uh, so excited. Yeah, I've obviously seen you all over social media. It's nice to finally get to see you face to face. This is great. Welcome. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. You are the leader of this, uh, this uh, specifically the comedy, but the med space. I mean, I think everyone knows you and loves you. And I don't think a lot of people know that you're an OG. You, you're before TikTok, before Reels, before YouTube. Yeah. Um, I think Med Twitter, and then even Gomer yeah. Blog. Am I wrong Gomer or am I right? You did wow, your research. you're going back to the Gomer <laughs> Blog days. Yeah, that was, and then I, I wasted a ton of time on on Twitter before I realized that uh, video was like the thing, right? Which you were on, you know, uh, your like meteoric rise on TikTok. Uh, I mean, did you ever expect it to take off like this? No, uh, you know, it's. I had no idea. I, I was just having fun. I think a lot of us that make yeah. content are creative people. And so I was just having fun and then it took off. And then my, it was actually my program director because I was in residency at the time who told me, you need to really take this seriously because you can reach so many people with yeah. information that it would take, you know, decades for you to reach in real life. So you should really right. like buckle good down for and your, make good Good content. for your program director. Yeah, that's a that's... pretty progressive attitude right now. For... Yeah. Yeah, you know, because you see a lot of, of trainees, a lot of med students, they're anonymous on social media, right? Because they're afraid of some kind of backlash from 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 doing their it. programs. Yeah, yeah, but um, uh, that's great. I'm glad you got that encouragement early on. I I want to ask you something that uh, Kristen asked me um, just the other day uh, uh -oh. about uh, how much of your audience do you think is medical versus non-medical or well, really the question she asked me was or it wasn't really a question it was um something along the lines of uh why on earth would non-medical people ever listen to you <laughs> that was and verbatim. watch you yeah. so anyway i would like to hear from you like what do you have a sense for for well, your... i totally understand for him i don't get it for you <laughs> but for him i mean i'll yeah tell us you what, what... answer and then i'll see if it matches what i'm thinking yeah, I would say medical, probably 1%, maybe. Yeah, of that's what my I would audience. guess for you. Um, you know, most, because I, I make my content for the public, right? Like the way that I speak, the terms that I use, um, the way that I present information uh, really starts at the basics and then builds on that. So, so I totally, I, I actually intentionally make content for the public and not the medical yeah. community. And there's, there's right. dermatologists that make content for the medical community. I'm not one of those people. So I, I would assume you, you get too many views for it to just be the medical community. So there must be people right. that love this genre of comedy that you have. And well, yeah. it seems like inside jokes to the medical community. So that's why I'm always um, interested when people outside of the medical community are such fans because, you know, that, that I think is, is just, I don't know. Well, I, I came to, to it to from the opposite perspective from you. I, I, I just, I'm a, Whenever I make a video, it's like I, I'm thinking of it from the perspective of a physician and and making stuff that I think that the medical community would enjoy. And it just so happens that people outside of medicine 
watch it. And I, I, I'm still a little bit confused as to why that is, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to accept it. I'm going to take it. I think there's this like educational byproduct, right, for yeah. people. Uh, it's just like they get an inside peek into, you know, behind the curtain of the medical community but in an approachable way. But I'm, I'm so impressed by what you do uh, because, yeah. oh man, the, the amount of people you reach and and the, the information that you give them uh, is like, we need more of that. Like I really should be doing more like, you know, Educating. educational things, but I, I don't think I'm, I don't have that in me. Uh, I, I no, can tell people not to use Visine so. and stuff, but you, like, it's really all the, like the stuff about like, you know, cancer screening and wearing sunscreen and all It's just like, it's really fantastic. Well, okay. And here's my, not, I, I won't go so far as to call it a beef, but as um, a woman, a person identifying as a woman, um, I feel like there's a whole and you guys overlap on this little bit, but mostly for dermatology, there's a whole beauty industry component to dermatology that I feel like, you know, just I just want somebody I what I go to when I'm looking for products is not the beauty industry because they're trying to sell stuff to me. So I go to, you know, the dermatologists and I try to see what are they actually using and why. And, you know, do you need the fancy, you know, designer products that cost hundreds of dollars or more? Or can you get by with the, you know, drugstore CeraVe and, and all of those Neutrogena? Um, you know, like what is the actual ingredient that's doing something and what's just, you know, garbage? We, we need you to make to us sell? beautiful. We need you to make us beautiful. Help us. You're both beautiful. Shot. So you you need no help from me. No, no, you're right. So I think that the beauty community is interesting because you have derms, you have estheticians, you have just mm -hmm. people that are enthusiasts that are making content. And we actually need all of them because they all present differing opinions. Like I may not be relatable to the average beauty consumer or a subsect of the beauty consumers. And so there needs to be somebody who can reach them and communicate good information to them. So I actually look at it as like the derms are part of this whole thing. Like it's not, they lead it, they, they don't like, they're not the ones that are the ones that are vetting the information. They're part of this and people like you, like they, you might find an influencer you like that recommends a product. And then your check might be to see what the derms are saying about that product. And, yeah. and I think that makes it a really good place to be. But it, it just so happens that beauty plays really well on social and it's very sure. visual. So as a derm on social media, I just can make, I have so many opportunities to make content and react to different things that people are doing. So I had this, I had this endless stream of yeah. content that people are giving me. Yes, but also you guys are onto something because all of you are beautiful. So you're doing stuff like look talking at about skin. you, not not me. Yeah, no. It's, <laughs> look, it's glowing. It, 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 you it's do good lighting is what you, it is. It's, right. It's well, you do seem here. to be glowing even through a computer screen. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, it, it's. Um, Maybe one thing that you've also noticed is that it's the same thing with eye care. Like people just don't know anything about it. It's it's this very um, this area of medicine that's uh, you know even going even as a medical professional you know you, you don't get a lot of experience in it and so there's this huge knowledge gap you know really with the general public but also with medical professionals. It's the same thing in my field. I'm sure it's the same thing uh, that you find in your field. And so even you know, people in medicine appreciate all that, that uh, beauty and uh, the, the, even the non, you know, just anything. Just, just, just give us information yeah, about, yeah. about the skin, the largest organ in the body, by the way. That's what they, the, is, the, is the eye the smallest organ in the body then? Ooh, um, it depends on what, what you uh, think of the pituitary. Uh, I Fair think enough. that might, that might win, but. Um, is that considered an organ? Also the. The, I'm not sure what the average testicle size is. Oh dear! But oh. Uh, that God, maybe might, comparable. Yeah, very, I, I mean, do know. I no, I don't you, know. I, you I know. did radiology, and we would measure the uh, before for, before derm. I was actually a radiology resident, and we used to measure the volume on ultrasound ah. of testicles. Okay. So I do have an idea of the volume yeah. of a testicle. Ooh, do you know the volume of an eye? Uh, of course, I know the volume of okay. an eye. Okay. Well, here you what can you answer this question. For? Which uh, one's it's, bigger? It's about, about we have about 20, 20 mils. 20, okay. 20, okay. Something like that. What do you got? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I, it, oh, <laughs> he doesn't remember. I didn't know I was going to be quizzed on this. I, <laughs> we, I can't remember. Neither did we. Somehow we always end up talking about <laughs> testicles, though. It's all just, yeah. it's all balls. It's it, it, whatever. Anyway, um, I, I want you to uh, to have time for you to tell a story. Did you bring a story for us today? 
I have stories. I have stories. But I'm I sure want to continue the thought of the the basic. I, I think basics for for medical people that are listening to this. It's the basics that the public wants to know because, like, yes. like I think if you're like think about you and me, like we don't know anything about law. We don't know anything about accounting. We don't know anything about car. Maybe you know something about cars. I don't. Um, so it's the basics like that I want to know when I'm approaching these experts, right? And you can't talk to me up here because I'll never get up here. You need to start here. So I think for you and me, like even like the simple things that seem simple to us are actually really beneficial to people. And that's that's why I always start with the basics. But yes, I have some Smart. stories, let's some go, embarrassing please. stories. Oh, let's oh, hear good. it. That's good. Perfect. We all we all love a good embarrassing story. Let's uh, well, let's start at like the low hanging fruit. Um, you know, medical me- medicine is interesting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the low exactly. <laughs> and now on to no. So you know, one of the things is that a lot of us like you know didn't go to lecture potentially in med school. I don't know about you, um, but I used to read a lot. I, I used to re- everything I learned. I learned from reading textbooks. Um, and then diving deeper in those textbooks. And so a lot of things I actually didn't know how to say, but I I knew what I thought they sounded like. Right. And so getting into a third year of medical school where you actually start seeing patients and you have to now present what you've learned out loud to people for the first time. I mean, there are so many instances <laughs> I can think of where I got clowned on for for the words that I said. You know, one of the things is I used to present like the lab values and when I would I would say like bun instead of B-U-N. Oh. <laughs> and oh man, they they got me on that one. They're like bun. And That's I'm like, one. oh, I've never realized this was an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so that's that's one low hanging fruit. Another one is spirochete. I, I thought it was spirochet. Um, I don't know, like you know. Sure. How would that you sounds, know otherwise? Right. Yeah. Well, you, you, know? you make it sound fancier. It's that's like for French. sure. Yeah. Right. Spirochet. The, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, make I, the T silent. Spirochet. I don't think that's not that's not too bad. That's that's so. I mean, that's it's obviously wrong, but it's it's okay. Like it's I not, I don't blame you for that. It's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not awful. Um, good stories wise is. Can I, wait, know, can I give you, uh, can I, cause I have a very similar uh, experience in a, in a certain way. So um, I remember just in relation to that um, being in lecture and I asked a question about contraindications for something. And so my whole class was there, um, or a whole class, probably like 20 people. Yeah. I don't know. You know how it is, like going to class. But um, but instead of contraindication, I'd never heard that word spoken out loud. And so I said, contraindication. <laughs> oh, boy. Contraindication. And of, co- of course, the the uh, whoever the professor attending was, you know, called me out on it immediately. Oh, you mean contraindication? It was like the most embarrassing thing that I'd experienced. Like you should have just held your ground. No, I mean contraindication. <laughs> I did not have that much confidence as like right, a first right. year. You're like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no. so tell, not, I, uh... a, not a road you want to go down when you're telling attendings that they're wrong <laughs> as a first year med student. Well, now you're bringing in words that are non medical, and I can tell you one for me. Um, you know the word disheveled, right? Oh yeah. I, I, you know, whatever. I'm reading Harry Potter, you know, as a kid for the longest time, and I said this out loud. I thought disheveled was disheveled. I thought the dis yeah. was separate from the sh, so I thought it was disheveled, and I used to say it disheveled out loud to people. So that's that's tough. That's also tough. <laughs> well, it's a it's a sign of you know of a reader who's a reader. advanced, right? Because you're reading words you've never actually heard before in regular vocabulary. That's fair. Sorry, and this is before you could, or maybe you could, where you could type in words on Google and say, "How do you pronounce this?" Right. Exactly. Well, so what else do you got? You got something else uh, embarrassing? I, I love. I let's hear the, the derm doctor who has like, you know, like I don't know, two hundred twenty million people following him. I'm sure all of your fans would love more embarrassing stories about you. Embarrassing. Well, I have a good story. It's not an embarrassing story, but it's it's a motivational story for those of you who are oh, out there good. who want to achieve high levels of success in whatever industry that you're in. So uh, I'm an intern, you know, we're, we're on rounds and, you know, when, when people have strokes, sometimes they develop bowel incontinence, right? They can't hold their stool in, right? And this is an expected outcome, right? Um, we always check for this to make sure that, you know, people have fecal continence or incontinence. And 
Um, we're on rounds and, you know, part of the rehab process is that, you know, we try to get these people walking as quickly as possible with physical therapy to, um, to get them better. Like, you know, you really have to get these people moving, especially after they have some type of stroke like this. Um, so we're on rounds and, you know, the, this gentleman is walking and he's in a gown, but he's not wearing underwear. And, you know, so he's walking, he's walking and uh, he drops the perfect turd on the ground and, and this is expected so no one's yeah. upset at him right like this right. is you know like no and like this is what happens right and you know actually he he got much better and you know was discharged soon after that but he drops a perfect turd and it was like it, it was like coin size like it was round it wasn't messy it would just sat it plopped on the ground and it popped in front of all of us and there's about 12 of us sitting there on rounds and we look down we look up, we all kind of look at each other because now somebody has to respond to this. Somebody has to do something about this, right? <laughs> right like, it, right. And, and there's just one guy, he's a fourth year medical student and without hesitation, he puts on a glove, picks it up, brings it to the trash, throws it in the garbage and then just comes back. And, and I thought to myself, like, this is a guy who's going to go far in life. You know, this is the yeah. person who responds <laughs> in the time of need uh, without hesitation. No one asked him to do anything. I wish I was the one who responded. Um, but, you know, this guy got fives across the board on my evaluation. That's he ended quick up thinking. going on to be an ENT. Yeah. Um, and so that's my motivation for you. You know, when there's a turd, um, be <laughs> the first up. one to pick it pick up. Pick it up. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love that. That's and And it's funny, as a, as a med student, like your, your, your mindset and your clinical rotations is always to just be helpful, right? You want to, because you don't, you don't have a lot of the knowledge base. So you just, you want to be able to do anything you can helping people, patients in and out of chairs. Like that, that was my specialty well, you're very tall, on rotations. So like I was works. great at helping people <laughs> in and out of wheelchairs, you know, moving, transition, like learning from the nurses, like how to do that, like safely. Uh, I, I was great at that, uh, and especially opening doors. Opening doors for other people as as that's another classic. But your point um, is a good one. Uh, it, it just find ways to be helpful and and to be um, uh, and to. I just I think I'm sure the patient probably appreciated that as well, right? Well, hopefully the patient never knew because that would be mortifying. The patient so I, didn't know. I like that he uh, just nope. said it and or did it and didn't say anything. Yeah, oh, the patient true. never knew. Yeah. No one laughed about that. You know, yeah. it, the patient was the patient, right? Like that is an expected outcome, but. Like you said, like being helpful um, is is really will get you far in life in any situation. You know, as a in residency, I mean, I can tell you that you know just be just trying to be helpful and doing your best and going above and beyond for your patients and listening to the nurses because you know part of my training was at a VA hospital. Um, you know, of course, there's you know understaffing issues there and there's issues with you know like communication and there's a lot of, there's a war between the residents and the rest of the staff. And um, ultimately, if you just listen to them and do your best, you you tend to succeed and they go out of their way to help you. And so um, that's something I learned super early on and it made my whole intern year and beyond much, much easier for me and everybody else. So I don't fight the war. I just, you know, we try to, you know, create alliances along the way. Where were you doing your intern year? Uh, at Albany Medical Center, which is, uh, it's a level one trauma and like upstate New York area. Um, so we were busy. Uh, we were definitely busy, but it was actually probably my favorite year of residency, even though I worked the most because after after that, I went into radiology and then I transferred into derm. And so it only got easier for me as yeah. things went along. <laughs> um, and so, so intern year was the toughest year hour-wise, but it was actually probably the most fulfilling and fun year for me. And I learned a lot about myself, you know, so a lot of my, actually my yeah. good stories come from intern year. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, the biggest, uh, the biggest, um, way what's, what's the, what am I trying to say? Like learning curve. The biggest learning curve. That's it. The biggest learning curve, uh, is intern year. Like it's because you're just thrown into the fire, uh, all of a sudden, you know, just like last week you were a med student unable to order Tylenol. And all of a sudden now you can and then and among other things you can order and so it just it's this huge change uh pretty pretty suddenly to be honest um, also like in ophthalmology and probably derm i would guess it's probably the last time you do like real medicine right and then you transition into your cush jobs she uh, she's yeah you're 
She knows. She she knows. <laughs> she, knows. She, she she knows what it's like for me, like on call. And uh, I've heard all the calls along yeah, the way. Yeah, so right. and, and these ones are knows, not bad. She also knows that immediately upon beginning my ophthalmology residency, uh, all the medical knowledge, the general medical knowledge below anything below the nasal bridge. I just I was dumping that information. I don't know you, but see, dermatology is different. I mean, they do have you to do can't. like the whole yeah. body. No, no, skin yeah. is everywhere. Right. Skin covers everything. Yeah. And and one of the the I think the the coolest things about dermatologists is that there can be just some seemingly inconsequential little thing on the skin. Uh, and then all of a sudden a dermatologist be like, oh yeah, that's liver cancer. Right. It's like, it's like yeah. black magic. I don't know how you do it. It's yeah. it's and it probably speaks to the fact that you still have to hold on to all of that general medical knowledge and know those systemic manifestations of things. Yeah, whereas yeah, we, he can't even like tell if our kid has a cold yeah, or something. I'm like, you need a mom if you're a I'm parent. not that bad. But I yeah, mean, anyway, what do you think? Yeah. No, I I agree. So Durham is yes, like, you know, even during residency, like the stuff they quiz us on, you know, we need to know every type of Ellers Danlos syndrome. You know, we're still learning about like osteogenesis imperfecta, you know, every um, you know, glycogen storage disease. They still test us on these things because a lot of conditions have skin manifestations and derms are sometimes the first people to recognize these things. So we need to know all the signs of neurofibromatosis and tuberous sclerosis. And, you know, this, this is part of our curriculum because like you said, the skin is sometimes like a marker to something deeper going inside that's much worse. And so, you know, a lot of like, you know, you've heard the quote, I think it was like the first line of, of first aid for the boards, uh, which is, you know, you may be the only thing standing between a person and death, right? And so, yeah. you know, as a physician, like you do need to know everything you possibly can, like if you're, if that's your domain, right? Because like if they come to see me, and I'm the specialist in derm and I don't know the skin thing, right? Or I don't, I don't right. have a plan of action of what I'm going to do next like where do they go next right like you know like if someone comes to you about an eye condition and you're like well i don't know and i have no plan for you next you know that's that's a tough that's a tough thing so i think you know we we try to at least know the most of of our domain as possible cuz it's really important what do you do what do you do when you cuz we've all had those situations where oh, i really am not sure what's what what this is what's going on what what is your next kind of course of action this is such a good question because my, you know, where, where I trained, my, my program director is very like, like, you know, kind of going back, you know, he, he saw the writing on the wall for social media and the importance of what I was doing. He's very forward thinking, very logical, very common sense based. And he kind of sat us down one day and he said, listen, like there's going to be times, many times in your career where people are going to come in and you're going to have no idea. And he said, the number one thing you need to do is give them a plan for the future. And that's it, right? Because you're not going to know everything. And so like, you need to know what you're going to do next. So he's like, I walk in, he goes, I give them a list of things we're going to do. I take, I take a biopsy or I order labs to get more information, to buy time. Um, and then I see them back in two weeks. And during that time, I have now more information to act on and I've given them some type of treatment. And so that patient knows during that two weeks that this is the plan. I'm going to see you back in two weeks and we're going to discuss further steps after we have more information. But that confidence level, right? And not saying, you know, say, hey, I'm not really sure. I think it's these possible three things, but we're going to get more information and we'll know more in two weeks. That gives them confidence, even though you don't know, right? And it's, it's how you present yourself. And so that happens every day. And and for some reason, like as soon as I graduated, like it seemed to happen more. I don't know if that's, you just have more doubt in yourself um, or you're seeing like a new selection of patients, but it's like every patient that walked in my first week, I'm like, I don't, yeah. I'm not sure about this oh, yeah. one. Like, but then you just give them that confidence that, you, that you're going to find out and you're going to be on their side through that process and coach them through it. And I think people appreciate that and they feel like they still have trust in you than, than lying and say, you know something and you don't. Right. How, how many years are you out of training? like six months. Six oh. months. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I'm about five years out of training, but I still remember those, that first like year really, uh, where you do have that doubt. Like, do, do I, am, am I smart enough? Am I, am I capable enough to like have all these patients coming in and, and it's up to me to find the answer. And I was regularly like consulting my, you know, textbooks, Google, you know, that'd be there's because there's, you know, you, you know, you kind of know, but you want to just be sure. And so, you know, I always and I tell residents this is like, you know, it, it, it's OK to, like, excuse yourself 
and go look at your, you know, for us, it's like this, the Will's Eye Manual or uh, some other textbook or up to date or whatever it is. Like, it's okay to excuse yourself and go and and make sure you know the right answer, whatever the dose is for that medication. You know, what? how, how do you do that? I want to know. I want some tips here because yeah, yeah. do you say, hey, I'm going to look this up and then you leave or do you come? Because I usually come up with an excuse. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, be honest right. with the public right now. Right. I'm usually like, all right, I'm going to go um, grab Just something from the back and doctor I things. will be... I'll be diving deeper or confirming, right? Because you don't know yeah. the doses. Of that, well, that's exactly what I, I usually said. Well, I was like, listen, I, I, you know, it could be this, this, or this. Um, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to do a little bit of research, you know, or I'm going to, you know, just consult uh, one of my partners or, um, you know, do a little bit of digging to just make sure we have the right plan for you. And I've never gotten any like negative feedback from saying something like that. Because yeah. like you said, patients, they, 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 they like knowing that you're doing everything in your power to come up with the answer. And that's, that's, what, it, that's what counts. Yeah. And just speaking as a non-medical person who has been a patient, continues to be a patient, it's in the age of Google, like I do not expect anyone doctors or otherwise, to just have everything memorized and, you know, downloaded to their brain. That's just not the way the world works anymore. So I don't think twice if somebody says, you know, I'm going to go check something real quick. Just, I, In fact, if you're honest with me about that, you you don't have it all memorized, and you don't have every answer top of mind, I'm going to trust you more because you're a human, not a robot. So you know, if you're pretending like you know everything, I'm actually suspicious. Yeah. So no if you go and you say like, you know, here's what I'm thinking. Here are the questions I still have. Let me go, you know, find out the answer to those questions. What I'm coming to you for is I trust your ability to Google this better than my ability to Google this because you have all the background knowledge to know what's good information, what information might relate to other information. Like those are the things about, you know, it's not about do you have access to the knowledge? We all have access to the knowledge now. It's you know what to do with that knowledge and yeah. how to apply that knowledge in a way that I just don't because I don't have the training you do. I also That's think actually... it's I also think it's super cool that you can um, biopsy things that you're not sure about. Because it's harder to do on the eyeball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. You can't, you know, what they say is tissue is the issue. You you yeah. can't get the tissue. There's not enough, there's not a volume, like we said, <laughs> right. for you to get the right <laughs> sampling. But yeah, no, I think you have a good point. Everything is on Google, in fact. Like everything that we know is on Google. And it really is being able to discern what is accurate and relevant to that particular patient. Right. That is what our training is, right? And we're pr practicing that art of medicine. Because otherwise you know, like that information is out there in, in volumes, right? Like you can find anything as a patient and there's more information on Google than there is in my brain, but I can discern like, okay, this is relevant. This isn't relevant. This is not cancer, right? You're not going to die. Right. Um, you know, I think this is benign and, you know, I, I kind of like, you know, move through that information much quicker and are able to come up with a good diagnosis or a good treatment based on that. So yeah, hundred percent. Right. I, I like, I like that as a patient, you can recognize, um, that we're yeah. able to discern the information rather yeah, than know it all. Yeah, I'm coming to you for your critical thinking, not for your memorization skills. Yeah. But and, and then you also mentioned a really important point when you said, you know, you're, you're this isn't cancer, you know, kind of thing, uh, because very frequently I'll say people, I'll tell people, uh, you're not going blind, and I, I, you know, like it's amazing how many people are like reassured by that fact. They have something going on. They honestly think they're going to lose their vision, and just by telling them that. Like that, it, it allays so much of their fear. And, and so, yeah, it, it's human nature just to go to the worst case scenarios right, yeah, when true. you don't know, mm -hmm. when there's uncertainty, you get scared. And so, yeah, it's really important, I think, for doctors to realize some of the basic stuff that you guys know that, oh, okay, this is not a concerning issue. When that doesn't actually get spoken out loud to the patient, they don't know that. In fact, they're still worried that it is a concerning issue. So I like that, you know, to say it's not cancer, you're not going blind, whatever the issue is, before you dive into what it actually is. That's, you know, it's really interesting that you say that because there are things I definitely took for granted when I was going through my training, which was, you know, we do, I, I do a lot of surgery on the face. And in that process, I always think about what type of scar this person is going to have. And mm -hmm. part of my closing, when, I, when I'm planning the closure to put the skin back together, 
I, I try to orient everything in a way to make the scar look as invisible as possible. And um, a lot of times when I'm presenting information to patients, I'm like, oh, don't worry, I'm gonna do the best job to make the scar look as small as possible because I know that this cancer is not bad and if I, not that bad, and if I remove it, it's gone and that they have nothing to worry about. But they actually don't know that. And a lot of times right. I'm worried about the scar because I know I'm gonna get the cancer, but they're actually worried about the cancer still. So a lot of people are like, I don't yeah. care about the scar. Right. Like, I just wanna know that, that <laughs> I'm get the cancer not gonna out of here. die. Just get the cancer out. So, right. so I had to start to reframe because I actually took for granted that that missing piece of like, they just wanna know that they're gonna be okay. And exactly. so I think that you can learn a lot from listening first. to your patients. Yeah. 100%. Great, great conversation. Uh, we're gonna take a break. Let's do that. And then we're going to come back with Shaw, Dr. Shaw, and we're going to play a game that I call Adventure Diagnosis. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> You'll love it. We'll be, right, we'll be right back. Just want to give a big thank you to all our listeners joining us right here at the beginning of, of our one. podcast. Episode one. You're here. Uh, this is a new show. Spread the love. Share with people you know. Uh, just everybody, just, just tell it. Tell everyone about Knock Knock High. Leave a rating. Uh, be honest. It's okay. Like we can take it. Tell us what you think. We want to hear. We want uh, to create a community here. Um, That's for you guys. Yeah. For, yeah. For all of you. Uh, later today on this episode, we're going to share some stories, uh, some of your own medical stories from people in. Uh, the community, the Knock Knock High community. You can share yours, Knock Knock High, at human-content.com. And uh, we also have another episode out now. Yeah, it, like we do. Two episodes in one, basically. First, you listen can, to this one. Yeah, listen to this one. Okay. And then yeah. go and check out our second episode with uh, Dr. Jen Gunter, available now. Yes, she is amazing. We also have a Patreon. Come hang out with other members of the Knock Knock High community. Including us. We'll be there. We'll be there. Uh, early episode access. Uh, check out uh, bonus episodes there as well, including a whole Patreon exclusive called The Monthly Eye Exam, where Kristen and I react to medical TV shows and movies. It's going to be a lot of fun. So come play. Now let's get back to Dr. Shaw. We're going to play a game. This will be fun. All right, and we're back and we are going to play a game. Hope that's okay with you. This is I think this will be fun because one of the things uh, with dermatology uh, from a healthcare professional standpoint is you have your own language for things. Okay. Right. Okay. Ophthalmology is the same way. We have this whole vocabulary that no one knows anything about. Uh, it's really the kind of similar, you know, with how you describe rashes and skin findings and things. And so um, I thought maybe we could do something that might help the public a little bit uh, mm -hmm. and other medical professionals on, on describing uh, things. Mm -hmm. And so um, what we're going to do this is called, mm -hmm. I, I made up this name, Adventure Diagnosis. I don't, it's stupid, but uh, uh, we're, I'm going to tell a story, all right? Okay. And during this story, things will happen that are, that will result in a rash. Mm -hmm. All right. And and it's your job to to tell us, describe that rash. All right. Ooh, okay. Yeah, okay. You're going to describe what, and like, this is going to be super easy for you. Although I did throw a, a couple of different curveballs in here. Okay. So, so here we go. Here's the story. The three of us are going on a hike, all right? You, Kristen, and myself, uh, because we like to hike, right? Do you like to hike? Do you go? Of course you do. If you if you submitted a, a med school application, you 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 love to hike. Um, I I do like no form of outside activities. <laughs> actually, okay, you're gonna pretend that I'm you an like, indoor kid that so you I... like to hike. Okay, honestly, I don't really like hiking that much either. Okay, none but of us anyway, like to hike. That's what we're hiking. that's what we're doing. We're going to hike. All right. And uh, uh, so we're starting on this hike, and um, and I, I realize that I need a walking stick. I like to have a walking stick. So I, I wade into some nearby bushes to obtain a, a hiking stick. Uh, and then Kristen points out that I'm actually walking through these very suspicious-looking leaves of three. Mm. And uh, and then pretty soon I notice some burning. Mm. What? But what's I... going on? What's going on? So. If it's that quickly, uh, pro probably nothing um, other than maybe you got bit <laughs> I was by say, something. Is it Assume you, it's happening uh, immediately. Is the burning immediately when you pee happening. or you got to be more specific? Um, it, it's, it's poison ivy. 
Das ist eine, 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 eine <lacht> <lacht> uh, so what, for the what, what people see? out there, it's a type 4 hypersensitivity reaction. So it takes a little bit time, a little time to, <laughs> to react. But um, but for the story purposes, yes. what am I seeing? So it's red. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, people say erythematous, but red is actually the right way to describe it, is based on the color. Oh. So it's red. Um, it's red. It's usually vesicular, which means that it has fluid-filled blisters, essentially small fluid-filled blisters. Uh, so red, vesicular, and pruritic, also known as itchy. Um, and those are usually the way that you describe it. And it's usually in a linear pattern in the way that the, 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 brush, the, the tree brushed up against you. So a lot of times the way the pattern looks and the distribution of this rash point us in the direction of poison ivy dermatitis. There you go. That's I could listen to you talk about rashes all day. Okay, here we go. All right. So I, unfortunately, I now have poison ivy. Uh, but uh, we continue going. We walk into a large exposed area of this trail, like a large meadow. All right. And the sun is beating down on us. And unfortunately, I forgot to wear my sunscreen. And I am uh, know that I'm with a dermatologist, so I'm afraid to tell you. Uh, and I'm afraid to all of a sudden just apply sunscreen. And, um, and I experienced the consequences of that. So Tell sunburn, me. right? So we're talking about sun, sunburn. sunburn. I got a sunburn. So what does this look like, right? So a lot of times just red, erythematous, a lot of times blanching, right? Like when you put your finger on it, the, the red, you know, disperses and it's white that's left behind. So that's a blanching rash. Um, and it's just diffusely red and homogenous in its red color, right? So it's not like little patches of red. It's usually like fully red. And then it goes through this process where as your skin dies off, um, you start mm. to peel a lot of times. So your, your skin starts to peel off um, and you know you get some scaling and flaking that occurs afterwards as that, as that epidermis lifts off of- It sounds last... like in this story, I have never been more attracted to you. Yeah, yeah. That's, right. Uh, so I, now, is, it's gonna get, are, it's gonna get you worse. You now have poison ivy. Okay. Oh, it's getting much Our worse. Alien flake. Getting, when was the last time you had a, a sunburn, Shaw? Sunburn, um, probably actually um, when I was a radiology resident um, in Morocco. No, you didn't. I you never went a, in the sun if you were a radiology I know, resident. I know, I know. We went on vacation. And so my my skin wasn't prepped for the sun because uh, I'd been in the dark room for so long. And then, and <laughs> gotcha. then yeah, not a bad sunburn because I don't really, I have a skin tone that doesn't really yeah. burn that easily. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that would that would be grounds for uh, probably uh, removal from your practice if you ever showed up with a sunburn. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, okay. So uh, I got a sunburn now. After a couple of hours, all right, we take a break. All right, much needed break. Unfortunately, I choose to sit on a log that's directly underneath a beehive. Mm. All right. Bad. Bad news. The bees start chasing me. I'm running wildly down the trail. I'm shouting, "Help! Help! I'm allergic to bees." Mm. Despite all my evasive maneuvering, an angry bee catches up to me and stings me right on the face. What mm. happens next? What happens next? Yeah, I mean, you're allergic to bees. So this is opposite of the poison ivy situation where it's a type one type of reaction, type one hypersensitivity. So it's immediate reaction. So what ends up happening a lot of times, you get pain, you get swelling, you get a little nodule at the site that's red um, and sometimes indurated or hard. And then the rest of you, you get a vasodilatory response. So you get flush, um, you know, you, you basically start, you know, your blood pressure drops, um, you're, you get swelling um, inside your throat and you can't breathe. Your face starts to get really swollen. Your eyes get swollen and edematous, um, which is another word for just kind of fluid leaking out into the tissue. Um, and then, you know, you can't breathe Sounds and then we awful. hit you with the EpiPen. Uh, to yeah, save unfortunately, your life. you did bring an EpiPen. So, so you get me with the EpiPen, and I'm okay. Uh, and then, but despite the poison ivy, the sunburn, and now uh, like an anaphylactic reaction to a bee sting, <laughs> we continue on. <laughs> you, we, we continue. continue. Well, okay. We're, yeah. Oh, we're, this is we're, why we I are, don't go outside. We are motivated. This is exactly. <laughs> we are motivated. Outside is dangerous. We are motivated hikers. All right. All of a sudden, we come across a second group of hikers. One of the, the, the people in the second group is a non-dermatology physician, we'll say an internist. Uh, and once they find out that you, Dr. Shaw, are a dermatologist, they begin telling you all about a rash that they saw recently. How did the person describe this rash? This is a trick question. It's a mac so like maculopapular. Maculopapular. Yeah. Maculopapular. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Which you is, know, I don't hate that phrase like most really terms you don't do. because it's because uh, i think we're all conditioned to assume that that's something you never say in the presence of a dermatologist yeah well because we don't necessarily describe but it's pretty accurate you know <laughs> as far as like a description of the rash right it's yeah. raised and flat there's papular component and then there's a macular component and like i'm like well yeah i kind of know what you're talking about more than morbilliform you know morbilliform doesn't sound as descriptive to me as macula So morbilliform my... is worse than macula papular. I mean, I, you know, I think they both are equivalent. I wouldn't be sad. Okay. I'm more right. upset it's about the bilateral. The bilateral cellulitis gets me more upset. Okay. Oh, bilateral cellulitis? Why is that yeah. for us it, non-medical oh, folk? <laughs> so, so, so a lot of times, a lot of people have issues with their legs due to circulation, right? So we see a lot of rashes on the lower leg. Um, whether it's due to venous stasis where you're not, your your veins don't work as well to pump back to the heart. So you get almost this stasis dermatitis or like redness and ruddiness of the legs. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we would get consults in from the ER about bilateral cellulitis, which is which is an infection. Cellulitis is a type of infection. And, and infections usually only affect one area, right? Uh, like they, you know, you get an, an infection on one leg and not both legs, right? So it'd be very uncommon to get two legs to get infected at the same time. And so we would get consults for bilateral cellulitis when we would know, in fact, it, it's nearly impossible to get bilateral cellulitis. You're most likely going to get something that's more systemic if it's affecting both legs. Mm. There you go. We're learning so yeah, much dermatology today. This is great. Okay. We all decide, the two groups decide to hike together. All right, we're enjoying each other's we company. We're having a great time. All right, unfortunately, we're not paying attention. We soon realize that we've lost the trail. We have lost the trail. Instead of retracing our steps, I, as the leader of the group, uh, decide to make an executive decision that we will continue hiking straight ahead. All right, my Sounds reasoning like is that eventually we will find civilization. Um, right. What kind of rash was this? A rash decision. A rash decision. <laughs> oh, he's good. Got it. He's good. Oh, dad there jokes. We go. I totally thought <laughs> I'd get you turn. with that one. Oh, man. Okay. All right. We're over halfway through here. Um, now, the good news is that one of the hikers in the other group uh, brought a compass with them. Uh, so they handed me this compass to ensure that I continue walking in a straight line and not, you know, go around in circles. Uh, the bad news is that this compass is made of 100% nickel. Something Ooh. I am also allergic to. Ooh, okay. So, okay. So nickel, nickel dermatitis, this is sort of another type four type of reaction. It's very similar to the rash that you see with poison ivy. And it's actually the most common contact allergen uh, that exists. Mm. So, you know, it's most people are allergic to, like not, it's the most common thing that people will develop this type of allergic reaction to. And um, usually red, Again, usually itchy, again, pruritic. Um, usually, and if it gets bad, it can be vesicular and weeping um, where you get fluid coming out of it. Um, and then over time, a lot of people will, you know, the way that nickel works a lot of times allergens is like it's in your belt buckle or it's in your watch mm -hmm. or it's in your ring. And so you develop more of like a chronic type of issue with this where it's like thicker skin uh, or we call lichenification of the skin where the skin becomes thickened in this area of contact dermatitis. Gotcha. How often do you see it when someone is lost hiking and has a and uses a compass? <laughs> have have um, you ever had that this, situation? This type of encounter, right? If you came to me so, <laughs> with this story, <laughs> I don't this even would be know. A long, this would be a long this appointment. This would be a long visit. You, I take a long time in my, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a chatter. <laughs> so all my appointments run over because uh, I love talking to patients. It's the best part of my job. All right. So, so uh, now, so we, we diagnosed that. I, now I'm, again, I'm leading this group uh, because this is all my idea in the first place. And we're all now yelling at each other. Like we're all just angry or unhappy. And again, I'm not paying attention. I walk right into a thorn bush. I cut up my hands and my arms and then fall into a decaying pile of plants and logs. Mm. And uh, one of the people that's hiking with us who happens to be a gardener says, <laughs> I've done this before. Ooh, okay. So... This is something we call sporotrichosis, um, where mm -hmm. you I'm get afraid. this uh, fungus or mold <laughs> organism that punctures <laughs> the skin and then sort of spreads. Um, and, and actually, um, sporotrichosis spreads in a very interesting way. It spreads like almost linear up through the arm and through the lymph nodes in the arm. And we actually call that pattern a sporotrichoid pattern 
which oh. a lot of other organisms actually cause a sporotrichoid pattern. Um, but then it's actually named after sporotrichosis because it's the most classic, exactly. Gotcha. It's the OG <laughs> sporotrichoid <laughs> pattern that we see. Um, so sporotrichosis from, from thorns, um, you know, puncturing classic. the skin. Classic. All right. So we're exhausted. We're all angry. I am covered in rashes. Uh, and deservedly uh, so. Again, right. We decide to rest, and pretty soon we realize that it's been about twelve hours, and um, and we're all hungry, and but because nobody brought food on this hike, we thought it would just last an hour, but we got lost, and it's been twelve hours now. So in order to survive, we need to find some food. Uh, as the self-appointed leader of the group, again, uh, and somebody who has watched several survival videos on TikTok, I decide to venture deep into the woods and search for something to eat. After some time passes, I emerge from the woods triumphantly carrying a nine-banded armadillo. That's oh, not where I thought that okay. was going to go. Yeah. A nine-banded armadillo. Classic finding. Um, <laughs> so this Do is I, where are you, you getting flashbacks to, Yeah, are you getting flashbacks to first aid here? Yeah, for, to, yeah. To studying for no, step one? No, so actually not first aid. Like, this is still relevant to our boards. So, you know, I took boards, you know, six months ago for dermatology and these types of questions. We know everything. Derms actually treat leprosy. So that's, those are the, the those are the people that you would go to, you know, there's, there's a few leper colonies, I think still left in the United really? States. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, I think there's two left or maybe only one left, but there's certain, you know, derm residencies we used to like, um, do grand rounds with that would see a ton of leprosy. So, so leprosy, um, you get from nine, nine banded armadillos, <laughs> whatever that means, uh, whatever that means. No one's ever seen that before. Um, and basically actually causes you to develop these like white patches on the skin that are, that, that, that you actually, that you can't feel anything like, cause it damages the nerves. So they're, they're anesthetic patches basically like they, they're, you can't feel anything. So a lot of times they affect like the nose, the ears and things like that. And, um, they affect the nerves. So they're, they, you don't feel anything in those patches. Hmm. Well, how un, unlucky of me to come out of the woods with a, an armadillo. I don't know. It sounds like you could use some anesthetic <laughs> properties at about right. this point. Uh, and so you realize exactly what's happening and you decide to let me down gently. All right. You use your like delivering bad news skills uh, to let me know that I now have leprosy. Mm -hmm. And um, um, this has made me distraught. And the immense amount of stress from this whole experience has now caused me to develop a strange, painful rash uh, across my midsection. A painful rash across your midsection from stress. In a somewhat dermatomal distribution. Oh, so you develop shingles. I see. I see. So now you have shingles. Hey, what which, you weren't thinking which, about it because I'm not in the classic shingles demographic, right? You're not in the shingles demographic, but also you didn't say it stopped at midline. You know, that oh, was oh, that's that's the right. key. Oh gosh. That's you're the right. key. I screwed that um, up. I am an so, ophthalmologist after so, all. So, which is actually, you know, I um, saw my first shingles case as an intern and it affected the eye. So we, we called yeah, ophthalmology. Yeah, we do see that. You know, that does, did, I really uh, have so no this excuse. Is something, Disgusting. Yeah, you have, this is something you should know. This is, this is your wheelhouse <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, but perfect. It was perfect right down the middle. Um, right down the middle. Like classic, like textbook um, presentation. Mm -hmm. So so those of you who don't know, shingles is a reactivation of the um, the chickenpox virus. And it stops, it reactivates in the nerves. So it stops right at the midline um, mm -hmm. before crossing over to the other dermatome on the other side. So, um, so yes, yeah, so that's shingles, which a lot of times is a painful and mm -hmm. vesicular rash again, a fluid-filled blisters that are red and painful in a very, very specific distribution along a nerve root. And it can be anywhere on the body, right? Anywhere any, on the any body, correct. Tone. And um, that's, yeah, knowing the nerves, because if it affects the forehead, there's a higher chance that it can affect the eye. If it affects the nasal tip, there's a higher chance that it can affect the eye. And so that's doctors right. need to know the distribution. Uh, Man, so you, you got this down with the, the eye involvement. Yeah, we see we pretty much anybody who has shingles in a, a forehead, kind of the first distribution of cranial nerve five, um, any shingles in that distribution is going to end up seeing an ophthalmologist to make sure that uh, the eye is okay. And most of the time it is, but sometimes we do get a lot of eye involvement. It's always 
a tricky situation. It's not a place you want to get shingles. Oh. Uh, yeah, Kristen's really struggling with. Well, fortunately for you, we are almost done. I've got one more left. All right, you've done a great job so far. So eventually, though, we are discovered by a woodsman. Mm, okay, or you know, woodswoman, uh, uh, or woodswoman, a, a, woods, a woods person um, who finds us um, and finds me, and I'm in pretty rough shape at this point, having now had shingles and leprosy, among other things. Uh, and uh, they lead us, this person leads us to safety. We finally get to go home after an extremely unsuccessful hiking trip. Uh, and aching and sore and bleeding, I decide that I'm going to soak in my hot tub, which I haven't cleaned in five years. Oh. Mm. Uh, so is this like a hot tub? A hot tub? <laughs> so pseudomonas uh, can oh develop. You, you end up with, you know, hot tub reaction, rash, and Bad it's... News. It's uh, it's a reaction to pseudomonas being in your hot tub, um, and then you end it's up. It's always with about a... pseudomonas with you. Pseudomonas. Pseudomonas. <laughs> Whatever. We see a lot of pseudomonas ourselves, and do you really in the, in the eye world? Oh yeah, we get uh, really? um, ulcers, corneal ulcers of pseudomonas, and it's it's bad news. What what does it look like when it it's on the skin? Uh, usually, uh, um, purulent, uh, postular. Yeah. Oh, so. Uh, vesicles are fluid-filled blisters that are clear, and and pustules are blisters that are full of pus. And Ooh, yeah, by the good. way, tell me more. The, <laughs> by the way, uh, the the plural for pus oh. is purulent. Purulent, mm. as this opposed to, to pussy. Pussy. Correct. Correct. Right. Yes. Right. Important to know. That's Especially to back. Know. We're just full circle back to that's, when we were reading things before we knew how to a, pronounce them. Yeah, that's a rite of passage. I think for that's a, a lot of, of trainees, uh, you know, across all of medicine, is um, right. learning that fact. Right. And pussy looks fine. It sounds fine when you say it out loud, uh, but when, when you, write, you it. write it in a note, it and doesn't then a M1, sound. No, M three says it in yep. the clinic. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. Something so you want to usually, avoid. usually purulence. Well, I think you got pretty much all of these. Uh, I'm impressed. Um, I mean, I shouldn't be because you are a dermatologist after all, but you nailed all of. He's six of months those. out of training, so, so that, he's still like peak yeah, smartness. Yeah, you are. You, peak you knowledge, are brilliant. Really. Yeah, you got it all still up in your head, and then just you know, it, it, you lose a little bit every year, but you know, you're, you'll. That's what Google's for. <laughs> so that was adventure diagnosis, um, uh, and so we'll we'll see how successful that. Uh, if people like that that game, I might play it again uh, mm. with with uh, other people down the road. But um, that was a lot of fun. Did, did, fun. Does this make you want to go hiking? <laughs> like, are you? Yeah, are you yeah, still... no, I'm, You've convinced me that um, my choice to avoid hiking in nature is is in <laughs> is a good idea ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> so now I avoid the sun, um, and I uh -huh. have good reason to. I have and other you, reasons, and you avoid leprosy. Right, exactly. That's good. Don't pick up. And the, the big lesson for everyone listening is just nature is trying to kill you. That, but also stay away from armadillos, just in general. In you general, don't know. They are you don't, know. you don't know how many bands they have. <laughs> well, Dr. Shaw, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, being on with us and chatting with us and teaching us some things about dermatology. We're so impressed with kind of what you're doing and, uh, and, and educating, and uh, people need to know. A lot of stuff about their skin and you're right there to provide it for them well thank you and thank you for having me on and, and keep making people laugh you know i think we need that now more than ever um you know your approach I, i've always appreciated you never criticize patients you always make the joke on us you never s single out like a particular specialty any more than you would single out yourself mm -hmm. and um, you know, I, I've always appreciated what you do. So keep doing it. You know, I think it brings some joy in, in times that were tough and, and continue to be tough for a lot of people that work in healthcare. Well, thank you. There's, there's so much to make fun of, uh, among doctors. It really is. So I mean, we, you can't, we, I mean, we have fun at work and we laugh oh, yeah. at each other and we laugh at ourselves all the time. And, um, yeah, I think that's what makes, makes it worth it. So definitely keep doing it. Absolutely. Before you go, though, what are you what are you up to, and and where can people find you? Mm, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, you know, <laughs> to look out for. Um, you know, I have some exciting things coming out, um, educational wise, um, that will be dropping in the next couple months. So be on the lookout for that for sure. We have a lot of things we're, we're rolling out, and we're going to continue to expand the YouTube channel. Right now, we do 
different stuff on YouTube than TikTok. So we do like 20 minute videos on acne education and hyperpigmentation education, but we want to roll out some more information there and really try to expand on what we've already built. So yeah, continue to do that. We're building our practice out. You know, I, uh, we're ex expanding, we're rebranding, big rebrand coming for the practice soon right. in the next month or so. Um, and, you know, we're really excited about all that. So a lot of good things happening. A lot of it because of social media, you know, it's really changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, and you know, a lot because of the audience has been really supportive. So, and yeah. you're the, you're the derm doctor on pretty much all platforms, right? Derm doctor on TikTok only. Um, there's okay. a story there for sure. Um, and then <laughs> doctorly on, on, on Instagram and YouTube. So different gotcha. names. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they can, they can find you. You're easy to find. You're, you're, you're everywhere. So keep up the great work. Thanks again for uh, coming on. Thank you for having me. All right, let's take a look at some of our favorite medical stories sent in by all of you, the listeners. Uh, we have a couple really good ones here. So this first uh, fan story comes from uh, Nancy H. Uh, and um, I like this because it really speaks to uh, the um, the uh, a relationship that, uh, the very close-knit relationship that patients can have with their healthcare team here. So uh, here's the story. I am a hospice nurse and was pronouncing a patient in a nursing home. I was sitting at the nurse's station and Madge, one of the cranky patients, was sitting in her Broda chair. It was change of shift and Bob, who's a rather large nurse, walked by and Madge piped up, you smell like ass, Bob. So Bob replied, screw you, Madge, although didn't use the word screw. And without missing a beat, she replied, you wish, fat boy. <laughs> And shuffled off down the hall. <laughs> Comedic timing was on point that night. <laughs> I love that because it's you know it, it's it's like a like it just shows like there's uh, there's it's a little bit of a, like an affectionate insult. kind yeah. of loving relationship right. underneath the surface. Yeah. Uh, and so and that's you've got to be secure in that to be able to just oh yeah insult. you can tell they've been around each other a long yeah, time kind of like us and probably exactly right. <laughs> Um, all right. Thank you, Nancy, uh, for that for that story. Okay, here's our second one. Uh, this is from Anonymous. Anonymous. Um, uh, it's uh, called A Mysterious Downtime at the Hospital. So for a month, one of the medical centers we served experienced a downtime at about 1.30 every morning. The IT team looked into it but found nothing and called us. We looked into it with the IT team but found no suitable cause. After a few weeks, the hospital decided to fly us out there to investigate further. But still, nothing came up. Running out of ideas, the team decided to just park themselves in the server room and see what was happening at 1.30 in the morning. The clock struck, half past one. The door opened. It was just the custodian, though, who proceeded to unplug one of the servers and use the outlet for his vacuum. <laughs> oh, Oh, I love it. I love hospital stories, especially ones that happen in the middle of the night. That's great. Well, it just makes me wonder, like, were there no other outlets available? Like, why? <laughs> what? If you're the janitor, what uh, makes you think, like, you know where I'm going to go is the server room? Well, he's just, I, I don't know. Maybe his uh, vacuum cord wasn't long enough. I guess. I, I, don't, I, I feel like that one's not on the custodian, though. I think it's... I mean, uh, he's just being resourceful, probably. Exactly. I, I, there should have been signs or tape or something. Yeah, you know, right. That says, anyway. Do not unplug <laughs> the hospital. Who, who knows? But I love that. That's a good one. All right. So if you have a story uh, uh, from your experience in healthcare as a patient, as a doctor, nurse, whatever it may be, uh, send it to us at knockknockhigh at human-content.com. We'd love to hear from you. Well, that's our, uh, that's our show for uh, today. That was great. Yeah, that, that was, was super fun. fun. It was a. Uh, it was awesome talking with Dr. Shaw. Is mm -hmm. a someone who's not you. That's <clears throat> right. Who actually knows something that I don't know anything about dermatology. Mm. I, despite it being the largest organ in the human mm -hmm. body, I feel like I should know more. But you we can say that about all, any any organ, right? And we all right? have it. So that's we exactly right. Know something that was a lot of fun. Um, and thank you again for the stories. Uh, uh, don't forget to share with us um, your thoughts. Uh, you know what we talked about today. What you like? Did you like adventure diagnosis? Uh, I thought that I had a lot of fun doing it. 
I didn't tell you ahead of time. No, what, 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 I was afraid was of where be. that might go. So it, it sounded like you had a rough hike. I, 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 I did. And um, I also, we didn't let Dr. Shaw know that we were, uh, I was planning. Yeah, that. that was a big pop quiz. And so, and he did phenomenal. Did great. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, no one can talk about rashes like a dermatologist. It's true. It's, yeah, could honestly listen to it. Uh, probably like 30 minutes before I'd get tired of it. But uh, honestly, it's, mm. it's, it's good. I think my threshold would be a little sooner than you, that. You were, you were a little bit more nervous about it because... Uh, yeah, I didn't know where it was going to... Uh, really, I mean, really of, any medical stuff. Any medical Bodies stuff. are gross. I mean, they're cool, but they're gross. <laughs> um, all right. Well, and, and also, so let us know, uh, You know, do you, is there a doctor that we should invite, uh, an influencer, anybody that we should invite onto our, um, onto our show here? Uh, there's lots of ways to hit us up. You can email us, uh, knock at human-content.com. Uh, visit us on um, uh, our social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Kristen and I, uh, Dr. Glock and Flecken. You can find me on uh, TikTok, YouTube. Um, we're all over the place. I'm Lady Glock and Flecken, mostly on Twitter. That's right. Uh, and uh, kick it with us and our human content podcast family on Instagram and TikTok at human content pods this is a brand new podcast so leave us a review you know we, we always appreciate it we want to hear what you think uh, give us uh your feedback and um uh, if what you, are you hoping to see and please you know, subscribe and comment on your favorite podcasting app wherever you're listening to us or on youtube uh and we might give you a shout out you know yeah so let us let us know what you think you can see us every week on youtube if you if you'd rather watch us uh than than listen to us um and uh but yeah, if you're joining us now, you're getting in on the ground floor. There, these were yes. our, our OG listeners. This is it. You're you're you are right here at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, we, a lot of work's gone into getting this to work, and, and most of it's just me trying to figure out our technical setup. It's true. Uh, fortunately, I have Kristen here to help me with that. Um, and and just a reminder, we also we have a Patreon. Uh, tons of cool perks. Bonus episodes are coming. Um, where you know we react to medical shows and movies. Come hang out with us. Uh, come hang out with the Knock Knock High member community. We are active in it, uh, and uh, we, we want to see you there. Uh, early ad-free episode access for Patreon members, uh, interactive Q&A, live stream events. Who knows? We're going to... We may come up with more stuff. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. I don't know. It's just like this is what we do. Just yeah. come up with things, and and uh, we want to. Uh, we will be creating this uh, just awesome community. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Uh, and so that's Patreon.com/slash Glockenflecken, or you can go to our website Glockenflecken.com. You can find all the information there. Thanks for listening. We are your host, Will and Kristen Flannery, also known as the Glockenfleckens. Special thanks to our guests today, Dr. Manib Shah, the Derm Doctor, our executive producers, Will Flannery, Kristen Flannery, Aaron Corney, Rob Goldman, and Shanti Brooke. Our editor and engineer is Jason Portizo. Our music is by Omer Benzvi. To learn about Knock Knock High's program, disclaimer, and ethics policies, submission verification, and licensing terms, and... Whew, HIPAA release terms. It's a lot of legal stuff there. Uh, you can go to our website, glockenflecken.com, or reach out to us at knockknockhigh at human-content.com with any questions, concerns. Or fun medical puns. Or if you have a pun. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. I, we love jokes. Uh, puns, eh, they're okay. But uh, Kristen loves the puns, so please give the puns to us. Um, Knock Knock High is a human content production. Bye.